one point or another in our own lives, we have come across some sense of doubt. Doubt in the person that is speaking to us. Doubt in what the person in front of us is telling us. Or doubt even whether or not the message that we're hearing and receiving is valid, true, or even trustworthy. Today in our Gospel reading, we hear about Thomas, also known as sometimes Doubting Thomas. He goes about questioning whether or not his brothers are actually speaking the truth of experiencing, witnessing, and seeing the risen Lord. He's not doubting whether or not the Lord is risen. He is doubting whether or not the validity of what his brothers are saying is even true. He tells his brothers, therefore, if I don't see it with my own eyes and touch those wounds with my own hands, I will not believe. So many times in our lives, we spend our times reasoning, working through all the possible reasons and how things work. I remember as a child, it's always fun to really figure out how a car is put together, how this nut fits in to hold these parts together, or even why things happen the way they happen. We use our reason to help us understand, comprehend, and break down these things. But sometimes we begin to use our reason in the wrong places. We see in our gospel reading, once we experience the resurrection, how can we explain with sure certainty, with science, with the scientific method, that the Lord has risen? We've seen all the evidence. We can witness what has happened, the testimonies of these people. But at some point, our reason is exhausted and we can't use reason any farther. So that we live in the tension of whether or not we jump from reason into faith, or do we sit there and constantly pound our head to try to figure out a reasonable explanation for things. That tension between faith and reason is existing in our gospel reading today. And today as we celebrate Divine Mercy Sunday, we see how reason and faith inform and enhance each other because divine mercy is God's love reaching down to meet us, meet the needs and overcome the miseries of his creation. Our lives, our understandings are very limited in what we understand and to be able to completely grasp and understand it would be difficult. Imagine yourself in a room about this size, never seeing it before, walking into it dark, and all you are given is a little candle to light your way. As you begin to walk through a church or a room this size, the feeling of angst, nervous, uncomfortability of the unknown begins to creep in to you as you wander through a building that is dark. 
But as you begin to come to deeper understanding and familiarity with where you're at, or have walked through that same area 20 times, you begin to understand the layout. You begin to understand the obstacles that are in your way, and you begin to be comfortable in that area. Then as the light becomes stronger, you're able to see more, understand more. But yet you're not able to really fully grasp and understand how big, how deep, or what are other things inside that dark room. For some of us in that dark room will hide away and run away from how vast, how difficult that is. Others are comfortable enough to begin to discover, to learn, and begin to find out how wide and how vast that place is. Our understanding is very much like that tea light candle. It's very limited in what we can and cannot see and do. The understanding of God is as big as this room, and we try to figure out bit by bit by bit. All of that encompasses us and allows us to understand God's love. But on how deep and how vast it is, is deep, deeply difficult to comprehend completely all at once. But in the midst of our doubts, in the midst of our fear, in the midst of our struggles, we begin to unpeel and unpackage that vastness, that difficulty, and the depth of God's love in our lives. Doubt is never a bad thing, my dear brothers and sisters. But the question for us to begin to ponder about is when we have those doubts, what are we doing with it? Where is it taking us and leading us? Because we hear in our gospel reading today, Jesus doesn't just appear in that room where all the disciples are gathered together in fear. Fear of what just happened to their master. Fear that they've just followed a man for three years and they just crucified him. Fear of what's going to happen to them. Because that now everyone knows and everyone associates them with Jesus. They live in fear. Jesus enters into that fear, enters into that room, and says, peace be with you. He doesn't go into that room and say, oh, Peter, Thomas, why are you doubting me? Do you not believe? He doesn't reprimand them for their weakness in their faith. But instead, he says, peace be with you. And one time was not enough. He said it again, peace be with you. But this peace that Jesus offers his disciples is not the absence of chaos, my dear brothers and sisters. But that peace he offers his disciples is harmony, wholeness, completeness, and tranquility. Living in between that tension. And in that tension, they begin to find a harmony, a tranquility. Not because it's gone, because they know God is guiding them in every step of the way. He's leading them to the right path, but they can't understand the whole thing. As soon as he says, peace be with them, he breathes on them and gives them the Holy Spirit 
to comfort them and let them know, hey, it's vast. It's a lot to understand. It's a lot to grasp. But it will be slowly revealed to you. The Holy Spirit will guide you and give you the gifts of the Holy Spirit so that you can begin to understand. We're never going to grasp completely the mystery. But what it does is in the mystery, we're called and invited to dive deeper into relationship, deeper into our dialogue with God, and deeper in that intimacy. As we dive deeper in our understanding through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we begin to peel away those doubts, those insecurities, those unsureties in our lives about what's going on. A couple years ago, Pew Research did a survey. And out of that survey, they found that only one-third, 33% of Catholics, actually understood that what we're about to celebrate and what they receive at communion is the body, and blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. 66% of us do not believe that what we receive in, at communion is the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. 66% of us. We all carry different doubts about our faith in our lives. So the question for us to begin to ponder about and question ourselves is what are we doing with that doubt? What are we doing with that difficulty in understanding those mysteries of our faith? Are we going to just write them off and live in fear like the disciples in that room? Not wanting to understand, not wanting to see anything in that unsurety and to live in fear? Or are we willing to receive the peace that God has given us? That shalom, that tranquility, that harmony in the midst of that tension through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, through the gifts of wisdom, of courage to continue to peel back those mysteries and to dive deeper in that relationship, to come to recognize Jesus in his true presence in the Eucharist, how he's resurrected, and how that resurrection is an invitation of love for you and I, and how a God can love us so vastly that he's given his only begotten Son so that at every Eucharist we can enter into and be with him intimately where he and us become one, where we become his dwelling place into this world. These vast mysteries are difficult and deep, but in our doubts, they should never hinder us from believing. That shouldn't stop us from searching. That shouldn't stop us from continuing to seek and to find the truth the truth that God has penetrated into this world and is seeking you and I in many and different ways. Amen.